Hey, it's Nick, and welcome to the Upgraded Executive Podcast, where my good friend Ben and I discuss the tools, techniques, and strategies that you can use to upgrade your own personal and professional performance. We have recorded the first 10 shows, and we will be releasing these over the coming weeks, so be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out. In this episode, Ben and I are discussing how to deal with limiting beliefs. And this is going to be a deep dive into the conscious and subconscious mind. Hey Ben, how are you doing? Yeah, hi Nick, I'm great, how are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Very good today. <laughs> so today we're talking about limiting beliefs and how we can overcome them. Sure. Do you want to maybe share some of your experiences and your journey around um, what you've done to try and change some of your beliefs? Sure. So I think on reflection and... I wouldn't say it was an epiphany, but I, through extensive reading, learned about the subconscious and the conscious mind, mm. and had an appreciation that perhaps my norm, my normal, wasn't normal, and that probably was the case for 20, 25 years. Mm. And I, I will caveat this with I have I've, I've created my own life, which which for all intents and purposes, is an amazing life. Um, you know, if, if somebody's looking looking at my life, I've, I've got all of the stuff that I really wanted in life. I'm married, I've got two wonderful kids, um, got a great house, I don't have any financial worries at all. Um, I've helped scale a business and then sold out of that business. Um, I've, got, I've got financial options. Um, so from an outsider looking in, um, it was all good, but it didn't. It didn't feel like that in my head a lot of the time. Mm. And and I I thought those feelings. And what am I talking around? I'm talking around feeling sad, feeling blue, feeling feeling distressed, feeling feeling anxious. You know, depression is when somebody ponders, worries, reflects, thinks about the past. Anxiety is when somebody worries about the future. Mm. And and I'm sure I consistently, not all the time but had, had really deep feelings, both about the past and also the future. Mm. Um, but I thought that was, that came with being an entrepreneur, came with running a business and the responsibilities mm. associated with that. Um, and it's been an interesting 12, 12 months in terms of definitely having an, an emotional breakthrough and crashing to, to just appreciating, do you know what? That wasn't normal. And there's lots of lots of strategies, and we're discussing all of the strategies that are practical that, that we've put in our lives and other people can as well. Mm. Um, so in, in terms of in terms of the, the brain, I, I think it's mega interesting. And when I reflect on on how I was thinking, how I was feeling, and my behavior, a lot of it is hardwired. And I had read the uh, the chimp paradox which is a really good read actually yeah, great book. Um, and i'd recommend it i don't think it really resonated when i read it about three years ago it did for some of the stuff just in terms of the wiring um but i don't think i was at a stage in my life where i was really ready to do anything with it mm. and i don't regret any of this stuff I, I really don't um i think i would have made some decisions a lot earlier had i known about how my brain was wired mm. so um so this builds on 
we talked around a lot around meditation and, and mindfulness. So a child up to the age of seven or eight is at a alpha slash theta brainwave frequency. And typically they're happy. They're not worrying about the past. They're not worrying about the future. They're present mm. and they're, they're loving life. Um, when, when a child gets to seven, eight years old, they move to a beta brainwave frequency, which is where us as adults operate. Mm. So a child is like, their brain is like a sponge. They absorb everything that is around them from an environmental point of view, how people speak to them, how they're interacted with. And that forms the basis of memories and habits and behaviors in the subconscious. Mm. Um, I mean, this, this was mega powerful and I, I fully appreciated this because I'm thinking, why do I think like this? And why, why is that my go-to? And I've got a very strong internal voice. And one of my close friends was saying, because I was seeing it as a negative, and he said, look, it's a double-edged sword with you because that's what both drives you mm. and what might, might beat you up. And, and previously, it went far to the other way, which was completely negative, and that's where somebody goes into, into depression. Um, so in terms of how the brain works, um, the conscious operates at 40 bits per second, Mm -hmm. The subconscious operates at 40 million bits per second. Wow. So it's like a supercomputer versus a pen and a bit of paper. Mm. And, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners, and you've been here and I've been here, a lot of people through sheer willpower alone and force of their personality will achieve and they're high achievers. It's not necessarily the best or optimum way to work just through sheer blooded determination mm. um and this this i just found this really interesting in terms of this is why when people have therapy the therapist might ask about what happens in childhood because mm. that forms those those habits those go-to programs um so that's that's how it that's how it works and what's interesting as well in terms of research we've, we've re referenced um bruce lipton and his research around DNA and genes, and his studies around how environment can can affect can affect those. So, if somebody grows up in a in a, a very poor area where unemployment's really high, versus the complete polar opposite where they've had the best schooling, lots mm. of mega affluent or inspirational achievers around them, who's who's likely to to have the best best start in life and how's that how's that likely to form behaviors and habits mm. so I just found this really interesting in terms of okay what what am I consciously aware of that might have happened in childhood and what have I carried with me into adulthood mm. so show me the child at eight and you can see a lot of the behaviors characteristics that unless they're aware of how the brain works and how to how to change beliefs they'll carry those habits for life and that's historically what what I did and I just had some I now now appreciate some maybe back to front or wrongly wired behaviors um, so for example I would I would especially in my last business I would ostracize myself that was one of my one of my coping mechanisms 
Um, and again, I co-owned the business and I created a business where I was, it was a passive income stream when I was hands off. Um, but that would be one of my go-to unconscious behaviors. But again, I thought that was normal <laughs> and it wasn't really normal in, mm. in, in reflection. So, so that, does that make sense in terms of subconscious and conscious and how it does, yeah. it does. would you be happy to share what some of those limiting beliefs were for you? Sure. So, so, so for me, I um again the timing the timing's not lost on me in this. Um, I got into meditation and mindfulness probably about a year ago, and and I reached out to one of my friends to say, look, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling blue. And again, the irony's not lost on me that I do know that I've got a lot of amazing stuff in my life and just I've just got everything to play for mm. and I'm thinking that doesn't really make sense in terms of why am I kind of having that feeling and when I've got when I've got this isn't just monetary stuff this is you know all loved ones got amazing family and friends and I can do whatever I want to do um, but I'm still feeling blue so I told one of my um my close friends and he said he suggested transcendental meditation Mm. And um, again, the irony is not lost on me with this in terms of mindfulness. It's not kind of a bed of roses on the spiritual path. That was like a veil being lifted, which lifted some really uncomfortable truths. And one of which was, do you know what? I don't think I've been properly happy and being in the present and just enjoying the journey. I was completely focused on the destination. Mm. And, and through becoming more mindful, ironically, it was lifting this veil and this appreciation. Do you know what? I don't think I've been, I've been mentally well for, mm. for a long, a long time. Um, and in terms of my internal voice, I had, I'd set up along with three other close school friends, just um, a sharing group. So we called it team positive because everybody's going through their own stuff. Um, and the timing was brilliant with this. So I remember reaching out to them probably eight, nine months ago, just to say, I've always had this internal voice, which I was describing before, and it's really powerful, but mm. it's really negative. So if you're asking in terms of what, what my subconscious thoughts were, it was, you're not worthy, you can't achieve anything. It was, it was like having a coach in my head, but it was completely negative, and that's mm. all they were saying. So when we talk around sleep, and stress and energy you know I was waking up between two and four in the morning wired and mm -hmm. um, my subconscious was just saying this to me and it was just a vicious downward spiral it really was um, and I was layering a lot of the stuff that, that we, we we're talking around and we advocate um, but I was really struggling in, in terms of this because it's it's a high it's for me that's that was a hard wired belief mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't know how to how to change that, and it just got worse and worse and worse. It, you know, it was it was on a daily basis, continual. Mm. I had a um, had a similar experience with a very strong inner critic. Yeah. And the, there's no doubt it served me during my twenties and thirties mm. because it gave me that drive and that ambition. But it sort of got to the point where it just wasn't serving me any longer. And it mm. was the thing that had got me to where I am now. But I knew it wasn't the thing that was going to take me to where I want to get to next. Sure. Yeah. And I think that, you know, people will 
people will have limiting beliefs in different ways. You know, it could be uh, something around not being worthy. It could be, you know, whenever you, whenever you get any internal chatter going, I can't, no, mm. I can't do it. Now that is without doubt a limiting belief. Or if you're in a position where you feel you're an imposter, and you're going to get a tap on the shoulder any minute and told, no, you know, everything you say is complete rubbish. No, you're out of the job or out of that role. So any time I think the listeners and viewers get either that very strong mental chatter where you feel as though you've got the, the good angel and the bad angel in this conversation going on in mm. your mind that you're witnessing, or you get that sort of like strong strong feeling either in your chest or your gut that something's not quite right and you get that sinking feeling you know mm. those for me are sort of like the classic signs around limiting beliefs and i think the one thing that i see a lot of people is um then going through what i call the confidence confidence competence curve mm. when the classic words around public public speaking sure where people say, no, I can't do public speaking. It's because they're petrified. Yeah. Mm. So they've activated their freeze, fight, or flight response. And, and yes. the thought of doing it gives them that, that sinking feeling in their chest or their gut and they feel sick. But it's really interesting that when they do the first one, you know, they may not do a great job, but they get through it and they're very relieved. They do the second one and they get a bit better. And then the third one, they think, oh, actually, I'm not bad. Mm. And as the confidence grows, the competence grows, and therefore they get to a point where actually it's there's nothing they know that nothing's going to go wrong. Mm. They're not going to get eaten by a lion, they're not going to get shouted by somebody, they're not, they're not going to get ostracized. Mm. I think there's it's a really interesting thing happens when people overcome their limiting beliefs because things just become normal. Yeah. So there's uh, maybe it'd be an appropriate time to talk around how somebody can can rewire their their belief system and install new beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I mean, you touched on it there. The, f- the the first one is is doing something a number of times. So mm-hmm. so that's it's not necessarily the easiest way of doing it, but it's a great way, which is practically experiencing something and just keep on going. Um, so learning something by rote a thousand times and getting hit over the head with a spoon until one gets it right. So that's 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 a way of doing it. Uh, another way that I've done is wearing headphones, and if it's an affirmation that I'm wanting to install in terms of my subconscious, I'll go to sleep listening to that affirmation. So I might have recorded something that's personal to me or found something on YouTube, for example, um, and it could be a one-liner, which is "I'm enough" or. I will succeed when I apply myself, whatever. So that's quite a, a good, easy way of doing it, which is falling to sleep, listening to affirmations. Um, there's other there's other modalities in terms of working with the subconscious to to change beliefs and or reduce stress. Um, and when I was when I was on my journey, I did a shed load of reading on this. I think I read 56, 57 books around the brain, around the conscious, the subconscious. Um, listening to experts around the world and reading all their all their literature all their um, research um, and there's lots of different modalities there's neuro linguistic reprogramming NLP there's 
hypnotherapy, there's, there's tapping. The one that, that really resonated with me is something called Psyche. Mm -hmm. um, and the founder's called Rob Williams. And this has been around for about 25 years. And it's a way of working with the subconscious, like I said, to either help remove stress um, and or install and change beliefs. And there's, there's the Psy and the K stands for Psyche and the K stands for key. Mm -hmm. So it's a key into the into the mind. Um, and it at the very at the very least, it brings together both the left and the right hemispheres of the brain. But for me, it's been it's been life changing, which is why I've qualified as a facilitator in it. And I've been I've been testing myself for months in terms of removing situations that I don't want to think about, forgiving myself and others for um, situations that have occurred. And I don't know if you've seen the Lego movie where they go into Emmett's brain. Yeah. Um, so Emmett's supposed to be a master builder and they're expecting to go into his brain and it just be prolific with instructions. My, um, my head kind of feels like Emmett's head now, which is just this void of nothingness. And there's a real lightness to that feeling. Whereas before, and I will caveat this, I think a lot of people carry, carry negative thinking or behaviours that they're not aware of. Um, but Aren't, aren't best served for them mm. um so now my head just feels really clear it's just it's just it's just a great feeling not to be thinking about stuff mm. um that doesn't serve me um as well as installing new beliefs so so using this this technique um i mean i've been testing it for me to so i can see it works and being the showcase for this stuff so as well as all the biohacking stuff that we're advocating for this has been really helpful for me because a lot of people know best practice and what they need to do, but there's some wiring that's holding them back from doing it. And there's also something that you spoke about earlier called secondary gains, which might be an emotional trigger. So I used to love eating ice cream, for example, and I'd do a tub. <laughs> it, it wouldn't be one or two mouthful tub, um, but they'd normally be a trigger for that. And, and I found in terms of going through this, it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't find it a control anymore. Um, and it's easy just to, just to enjoy something and just to have a mouthful or two mouthfuls, but not to be, I have to eat the whole thing. Mm. Um, so I suppose, you know, that might be looking good on a beach, but there's an emotional secondary, secondary trigger that as a crutch um, that might've made myself feel good in the past when something gets triggered, right, eat the tub of ice cream, as well as the draw to, to looking good. Um, in terms of tests, so I've, um, I've, I, cause I can, I can do this on myself in terms of installing new beliefs, um, done a lot in terms of, I find it fun and easy to follow a juice cleanse for 21 days. So that's a, a raw vegetable based diet using a blender and it's been fun and easy and easy to follow and stripped fat doing that. Like you wouldn't believe, um, I did a balance on getting over my fear of heights and a week after I did the balance, about removing my fear of heights, I jumped off the 25 foot ledge into a rock pool when uh, myself and my close friends went gorge walking. And I never in a million years would have done that previously. And I was at the top of a ladder um, on the apple tree in my garden. And I was actually, I'd actually stepped onto the tree and thinking, do you know what? A month ago, there's no way I would have got to the top of the ladder. I'd be shaking. There's no way I would have got on the tree. Um, another one was I find it fun and easy to run three miles a day and ordinarily when I'd be running around my subconscious would be saying give up do it tomorrow it's fine 
but now I'm hearing is it's fun and easy, it's fun and easy. So it just, it just, the important thing is to put action steps around the new belief statement. But when you bring those two together, it's mega powerful. Mm. So how is Psyche different from some of the other modalities? And I know we've spoken a lot around mindfulness and meditation. We've spoken about flotation tanks. We've spoken yeah. about habit variability training on previous episodes when we are talking about stress. So these things are all good foundational type, type things. But how does, how does Psyche rewire your subconscious? Are there, are there particular... Uh, are there particular actions or things you have to do every day? I, I know you, I know you mentioned the affirmation at night, but is there a um, is there something even small the listeners or viewers could do try and themselves change their subconscious, or would they have to work with a facilitator? Yeah, they'd have to work with a facilitator, and I I really liked it as a modality. I mean, some of the ones that you've mentioned they're really good for calming the mind, and meditation increases the the um brainwave frequency which which is great but a lot of those weren't dealing with my my installed subconscious beliefs mm-hmm. um so that's why one i really appreciate it as a as a modality for doing that so all the biohacking stuff is brilliant and somebody can do all of that stuff and they'll get a huge uplift for me i found some of the stuff difficult because my my wiring was just was just mm-hmm. wrong and, and negative so I saw, I saw that I had to do it in conjunction to, yep. to be the best version of myself. Um, and I really liked it because the power isn't with the facilitator. The power is within me to change. Um, and the facilitator through muscle testing is helping to appreciate that and, and change my belief. And it's quick. It's not a hack. It's not a cheat. It's not a shortcut. But it's quick. So we call it a balance in Psyche. So I could change... I could change a belief with somebody in around 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And once, once the new belief's installed, it's installed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that, that a facilitator does that is through muscle testing mm-hmm. with, the, with the other person mm-hmm. um, and then installs the new belief. So I really liked it because it's quick and the power is with me, not the facilitator. And I, was, I wasn't sceptical because I did a huge amount of reading around this mm-hmm. in terms of quantum physics, how we're made up of mostly energy. I was really into mindfulness and meditation and it all, it all fitted in terms of it made sense, but mostly I was interested in the outcomes. Mm-hmm. I don't really care about the process or the approach. Just show me something that works that give, gives me the outcomes that I'm wanting to have. And that's what did it for me. So I paid for a, a number of sessions initially and then I, I went on to become a facilitator trained facilitator so I can do it on myself and with others mm-hmm. so, so I can change my own beliefs really quickly now so if, if, if I need to de-stress about a situation I can do that I want to change a belief I can also do that and it's really quick mm-hmm. um, but it's the outcome that I'm interested in with this that does sound incredible Ben I, I think, think it's life-changing I genuinely do mm-hmm. um, and like I said I'm not I'm not actively promoting this because people can look at look into um, they can look into Psyche, but there's a shed load of other modalities. This is what resonated with me. Mm. But I'm really interested in the outcomes, so helping me move my, my life forward and you know, be the best version of myself. That's what I'm interested in. Brilliant. That sounds great. And do Psyche have any sort of like flagship success stories that we could share with listeners and viewers in the show notes? Um, yeah, I think we could, I'll, I'll list some, list some websites and um, there'll be various case studies of 
what what changes have manifested with people mm. well, i think it's one of these things that you know some of the some of the audience are going to think wow well one some of them will be highly highly skeptical you know how can you possibly do this in 10 minutes mm. yeah i think some will be thinking that it sounds a bit woo -woo. <laughs> and that we always joke about not trying to be too woo woo but if we think about things like um acupuncture you know that's now seen to be a very valid mode of treating various things we've got no idea why it works but it just works I think it's something to do with energy and the energy meridians in the body. You know, things like mindfulness and meditation. You know, it's you know it's it's popular because people mm. feel the benefits. And as we mentioned before, you know, eighty percent of you know the people that Tim Ferriss interviewed in Tools of Titans, his book, eighty percent have some kind of meditation or mindfulness practice. So, mm. so you know, these things start off being a bit out there, a bit woo but they then start to be accepted not only by mm. science but also by society too mm. i completely agree and we were speaking offline earlier that i don't think either of us would have looked at meditation five years ago no because it's woo woo you know you need to be sat in a lotus position on a hill somewhere <laughs> it, but it's not about that at all so i, I just uh, this stuff's really interesting but from my personal perspective is it moving my life forward in the way that i wanted to move forward to so i'm just speaking from personal experience and people that i work with and you know that the outcomes that i've had that make a positive and how i'm feeling which mm. is you know being in, in the present loving life mm. just everything's great so um that's what i'm interested in, in terms of the outcome and feeling like that no absolutely and i think many of the audience would love to remove some of their limiting beliefs and be able to operate in a different way so so ben if somebody wanted to go through the process of removing some of their limiting beliefs using a modality like Psyche, mm. how many sessions would they need to say book with you to, to go through that process or is it depending on what's holding them back? Um, it's a good question. I, I'd, I'd like to say one session, you know, up to an hour. And what are the key two or three beliefs that somebody would like to, to reframe and change? Mm. Or what stressful situation would they like to have a distance from? Mm. Um, but I, I like to just work with people with one session so they have the most bang for their buck and the largest outcomes because that's what they're paying for. They're paying for an outcome. Mm. Um, you know, it, it shouldn't matter if it takes 10 minutes or, or four hours. I mean, this is quick, but um, I'm just, I was just interested in the outcome, which is what I want to give other people as well. So it's not they have to do 500 sessions. It's, this is really quick um, with, some, with some really positive outcomes. Mm. Um, so typically a session people want to come back and balance more stuff that's absolutely fine but i always try and keep it to to a session mm. and how does this fit in with some of the principles that we've been talking about ben around you know you really need to get your energy your sleep and your stress levels and the control how does this fit with something like psyche is it something do you need to get those three things in moving in the right direction before you do something like Psyche or is it something that you can do in parallel you do Psyche first to help the other three what's your experience I, I did all the all the stuff that we're advocating and we do I did that first of all mm -hmm. um, in my experience now it would probably be faster as a combined effort and mm -hmm. easier you know if I've installed a belief that it's fun and easy to have a cold shower in the morning <laughs> <laughs> great if, if I've installed a belief that 
I go to bed at 10.30, I have a great night's sleep, and I wake up at five, it's so much easier. So um, I, would, I would start off with all the, all the stuff that we're advocating, and, and if any of it resonates, then I would make those tweaks or changes um, in my own life. If somebody is interested and they feel like they've got something that's holding them back when they know the answer, but there is something holding them back from a belief or there's a behavior that they think, where has that come from? Why am I doing that? And I don't want to do that anymore. That's where I would say it's worth looking at different modalities. The one I, like I said, I, I'm an advocate for is Psyche, but there's lots out there. Um, and then maybe some, spending some time and having a session um, to see on an outcome basis if it, if it does it for, for that person. Well, I can definitely say that I would love to book a session with you so we can do, try and remove some of my limiting beliefs that are probably still lurking around there. It's a date. But the, um, if I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second, what would your response be to anybody in the audience that would say, well, isn't this just positive mid-latitude? See, I think, I think from, from my, my research, my reading, my experience, that, that resides in the conscious mm-hmm. and I can be, I can, I can try and be as positive as I want, but if I've got a belief that is negative or something that I don't want to happen and that's ingrained in my subconscious, it's really difficult for my conscious brain to, to win over my subconscious brain. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I know there's lots of successful people, you know, you're in this, I'm in this, that through, through sheer dogged determinedness, mm-hmm. And willpower, they got to where they got to, but they might be putting up with some stuff and tolerating it. Yeah. And sometimes, and that's happened in my case, you know, my conscious has been overpowered by my subconscious because it's so much more powerful. So yeah. I'm all for PMA, I'm all for affirmations, but I think there's only so far that they'll get a person. Mm. And if, if their subconscious is wired in a way that doesn't work with whatever they're wanting to achieve, it will, it will probably overpower those, those conscious thoughts. That's a great answer. I like that because if you think about a time where you're going to have, you know, you're going to be positive over something, you're very much making a conscious decision that you're going to be positive and you can try and be positive and you, you, know, you might get some way there, but that's unlikely to sustain itself time and time again. Whereas if you can reprogram the belief inside you then it just becomes natural and i think that i think the the audience need to think about how powerful the subconscious is yeah you know even even to the point where you know somebody will walk into a room you don't say a word to them they don't say a word to you but you get a feeling yeah you meet somebody for the first time and you feel a connection, you know. You you might be driving down the road and somebody runs out in front of you and you never see them, but the car swerves. You know, there's there is there is stuff going on that is working far quicker than our con no than our subconscious and get out of our head and get more into our bodies is a much better place to live. And I think building on the mindfulness point. So that's to raise our energy levels, our energy levels. And I'm, I can see this in my past and I can see it, I can see it now that where I've had a low energy and I might, you know, be dealing with my own demons and that's absolutely come across with my, with 
my interactions with other people, mm. that will be reflected. If I'm putting that out there to other people, that will be reflected back. But conversely, if, if I'm present, and all the stuff that we're talking around, you know, I've, I've had a great night's sleep, my energy levels are really high, mm. I've been meditating, so I feel nice and relaxed, I don't have any of this baggage, you know, my energy is so much higher, and is that going to be reflected from other people? Mm. Absolutely. You know, good stuff happens to good people. But that, for me, starts within. You know, it's not about other people. You know, I'm running my own my own race. This is my journey. And the whole point about this is to increase personal and professional performance. But it's about us being the best version that we can be. Mm. And I'm a firm believer with this, whether it's woo-woo or not. But if... if if we're there and we're happy and our energy level is really high, great stuff happens. And it's this, it's if by magic, but that's from that's from experience that good stuff happens when I'm being myself and I'm I'm being nice and I'm happy within myself. Absolutely, that gets projected out and reflected. Um, we spoke about previously around you know if you wake up in the morning and you step your toe on the bed and then you know the boiler's broken and you have cold shower, which I would love. But most people wouldn't. And then you're driving to work and there's a traffic jam. It just, it just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. Uh, but conversely, when you've had a really good start to the day and your mood's up, it doesn't matter if somebody cuts in front of you or there's a traffic jam. Like, well, whatever. So I think that, you know, certainly your energy levels, your level of happiness, how you're operating at a subconscious level has a as a massive determinant factor on how your day goes. I think this, this, they're all really important. And we've said about the top three are mega important. This is really important for me because again, we can, we can, we can advise what we're doing and we know we're getting mega benefits from compounding all of this stuff. And other people will go, yeah, you know, I might've heard some of this before I'm doing some of it. Um, but where, where this becomes mega powerful is if you know best practice that we're advocating, we're talking around in detail, which is great. And then you overlay that with, I can do this. I enjoy doing this. This mm-hmm. is fun. That's where it goes on steroids and it becomes mega powerful. Mm-hmm. And somebody just stays in action mode. Brilliant. And I think that, and just to sort of round up the conversation, Ben, I think that, if the audience is still thinking, well, this still sounds a bit woo-woo, it's not, it's not for me, I think. The thing I'd say to them is, is that through the course of these 10 episodes, there are going to be things here that are going to give you tremendous results. There's going to be things here that just don't work for you for whatever reason. And it doesn't matter whether that is you feel no effect from a certain supplement or bulletproof coffee or you just can't get on with mindfulness or meditation. Mm. You know, you have to do what's right for you and what works for you. So if meditation works for you, great. If a certain supplement works for you, great. If psyche works for you, great. Try and keep an open mind and just try these things Mm. and then make your own decision based on your experience and your outcomes and just try to keep an open mind to absolutely everything because then you've got the the best chance of developing and growing and i think that one of the things i used to be guilty of was was trying to stand behind scientific literature constantly you know is there a double blind placebo study on blah 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 and, and science has this place and i'm a massive fan of science mm. but some of this stuff 
doesn't have really solid scientific um, studies behind it. But it doesn't mean that it should be discounted as rubbish. It just means mm. science hasn't quite caught up yet. Mm. So I say keep an open mind. And if some of these things end up being placebo and you get some benefit, who cares? <laughs> You've yeah. got benefit. So I just wanted just to close off with our things. I think it's really important that we all keep an open mind. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Also, I would say I think this, this session is really important because personally, I... I've done lots of other things in my life to move my life forward um, that aren't, aren't taught at school because they resonated with me. I'd never worked on my head. Mm. So, you know, as a takeaway, I never did it. And I held myself back. You know, it was like it was like fighting with an arm and a half behind my back at most points, 20, 25 years. Um, and I don't regret anything. I really don't. But what an opportunity that I, you know, that I've now got that other people could get to actually spend some time working on their head. Because I had no clue about any of this stuff until semi-recently. Mm. So, so yeah, whether somebody is into this or thinks it will be, that's fine. But in terms of being conscious around how the brain works and what they can do to be the best version of themselves. I never spent any time on that before until recently. So that's what I would advise people to, to, to look at. And if that's the only thing they take away in terms of just being aware of the conscious and the subconscious, then that, that's amazing. So. Brilliant. Thanks, Ben. This has been fascinating. Thanks, Nick. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you enjoyed the show. You can find the video, audio, and detailed show notes at www.upgradedexecutive.com At the end of this 10-episode podcast series, we will send all of our subscribers an exclusive ebook which summarises everything that Ben and I discuss on the show. Be sure to leave your details on our website. You can also find us on all of our social platforms at Connect With UE.